Hi, my name is Emma. <laughs> and my name's Olivia. And this is Working, Working on, on It. it. Y'all, we filmed that <laughs> intro, or not filmed, recorded that <laughs> intro 20 times because it stopped recording each it's, time. It's hard. I think this is this is the third episode and every time we've tried to use like a different program. Yeah, so with like goes a wrong. Yeah. Um but there's a learning curve with podcasting. Who would have thought? But um mm-hmm. Emma's an engineer, so and we're working on it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that was the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. So, this is our third episode. Mm-hmm. We're back uh we still haven't released our second episode yet, um, but this, I guess we'll be releasing that next week. Mm. Um, and so for those of you who have no idea what that means, that means that we'll be releasing every other week. That's right. the plan. Right. Um, Just because, like, um, Emma has school and such, and a dog, and I have work <laughs> and things, so... And we want to have a little bit of a social life outside of yeah. whatever. We're still getting used to it, so, like, mm-hmm. the turnaround time's a little bit difficult to do yeah. every week, um, and I think we've kind of mentioned this, but I'm in Austin right now, and Emma's in San Antonio, yeah. and, like, it's not... The commute's not bad. I'm here a lot. Not San Antonio. San Marcos. (laughs) Emma's in San Antonio. Um, She's in San Marcos, and I am here a lot anyway, but yeah. Yeah, the drive is a lot. You know, we want to save that. Save that gasoline. Yeah. Reduce our carbon footprint. Yes. Um, Just like we talked about in episode one a little bit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We were also playing around with the idea of maybe doing many episodes on the weeks that we're off. Mm -hmm. Um, So then that way you have something to look forward to every week. Right. But that's just a lot less work on us Mm -hmm. because life is difficult Uh, I died this week low-key it was like the first week I had stuff actually do yeah (sighs) that's three weeks in is like the first week I guess that's kind of how it works was it like tests and stuff no it was just like labs because usually yeah I guess this hasn't come up yet but I'm uh, I do like labs all day and so labs don't usually start until Gotcha. The second week or so of school, and they really don't actually start doing experiments until the third week of school. Okay. So that just started, and I had, like, all of the whatever stuff to do. And yeah, that's a lot all at once. pain in the butt. Yeah. Um, America had some interesting things happen this week, though. I think it's might be kind of fun to talk a little bit about some current events. Maybe, I think Because so. this is, like, a political-ish yes. ish podcast. Yeah. And to be enlightened, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you've heard about Marjorie Taylor Greene. No, I don't think so. So, she is a representative Georgia, I believe mm. it is. Yes. The reason I know that is because they did some stuff on it on SNL. Yes! That's the reason I know. Yes, that's yes. probably exactly where you know her from. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they did do a whole bit about yes. Georgia being more blue now. Yes. It was very funny. Except, um, I actually haven't watched it, but I know that, that like they poked fun on her. Yeah. So, she was actually stripped of all of her congressional duties. Or she wasn't removed from Congress, but like they removed her from a bunch of different congressional committees. Mm-hmm. So now she basically has no power anymore in Congress. Yeah, that's kind of controversial i guess but why did why did this happen this bitch was literally a conspiracy theorist oh um okay she didn't believe that sandy hook happened oh no yeah yeah maybe this wasn't yeah okay i don't know if this was the snl thing though but it, it, it involved georgia so i yeah it was the same i don't know maybe who knows okay yeah you can tell us in the comments. Yeah, maybe know. if you send us a Gmail. Saw it. Yeah, <laughs> send us an email, please. <laughs> no one sent us an email yet, you guys. I know our inbox is sad and empty. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah. So she, so she's officially donezo, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she also like harassed a Parkland shooting survivor, <gasps> saying that he should be ashamed of himself. Um, because he's spreading lies about guns and taking oh. away her Second Amendment right to carry a gun. So, yeah, that's yeah. insane. We do not like Marjorie Taylor. Yeah, and this wasn't even, this wasn't even, like, a partisan thing either. Like, Republicans were full-on calling for her to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Jeff Bezos stepped down as the CEO of Amazon. I did see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, he's gonna be, like, a board of director or something yeah. like that. 
Um, I think we should probably, we're probably going to do an episode on Amazon just because it's so... There's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about, the way they treat their workers, how much money Jeff Bezos has. I keep seeing tweets about if he gave every single one of his employees, like $100,000, he would have the same amount that he had at the beginning of the pandemic, which just... Wow. wow. Uh, but yeah. So, Do you know why he's stepping down? I just saw a headline, honestly. I didn't read into it. I, I actually don't know why he's stepping down. It's yeah. probably just because... The pressure. Everyone hates him. The pressure. Maybe. Yeah, we all hate him. Yeah. No one likes Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Uh, but I think when you have that much money, you don't really care what people think about you. Yeah. So. Anyway. I guess we should maybe get into the episode today. I'm really excited. Today is an ep- like something that is very, very near and dear to my heart, but I'm going to start it off by telling you guys a story. Oh, storyteller. Yes. <laughs> story time with Emma. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, this, this worked out perfectly because I had this topic in mind, and then I watched this video over this topic, and it just absolutely blew my mind. Um... So, our story starts in 1734 in Germany. Um, this guy named Mesmer was born. Yes. All right. Mesmer. Mesmer. Got it. I think, well, I don't really know how to pronounce it, because he ended up becoming famous in, like, French society mm-hmm. and, like, Austrian society, but No, that does he, sound kind of like a French name. Yeah, it does sound yeah. like a French name, but I guess he was, like, actually German. Yes. Okay. Um, but who really cares about his childhood, because that's not where the story really starts. We don't really care about his childhood. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to fast forward about 30 years later to 1766. And Mesmer had this idea. He was, he considered himself a doctor, and he had this idea that humans have this gravitational fluid in their bodies that affects their health. And I think this came out right after the theory of gravity was becoming more widely accepted. Um, And he called this animal magnetism, and it wasn't even necessarily like a gravitational fluid so Mm -hmm. much as a magnetic fluid. Okay. So what it was is if this magnetic fluid got blocked, it would result in disease. So if my arm was hurting me, uh, then that meant that I had some sort of blockage in my arm uh, of magnetic fluid and someone needed to like break that blockage. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, right? very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I like. I guess you'll tell us, but I'm curious why he was saying it was magnetic. I yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not really sure why he thought it was magnetic. Sorry, I think you can hear me cracking my knuckles. Uh, in the, right. <laughs> the mic. It's a it's a it's a anxiety tick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so I'm not really sure why he thought it was magnetic. I think it. You'll kind of find out later. It was more a little bit for show. Yeah. Okay. Um, but basically, was is in order to get the fluid flowing again, you would have to use a magnetic object. So he would use like iron oh. rods, um, magnets, and then eventually he was like, "Oh, like I can just put my hands on you, and like I'll get the I'll get the oh. fluid flowing." Just became a little magician. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. This this story gets so good. Um, <laughs> So, how did he how did he do this exactly? Um, so he would conduct what were called therapy sessions, mm-hmm. and they're not like our modern day therapy sessions where you go and you sit down in a room and you like lay on a couch and they this, ask you how you feel, yeah, how things make you feel, talk about your feelings, <laughs> and they show you, yeah. <laughs> no, um, these therapy sh- sessions were a lot creepier. <laughs> Uh, so they took place in a dim room. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Olivia's already like, this sounds cultish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks to my sorority days, oh, you guys. Oh, true, true, true. Um, lots of dim rooms. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of people around. 
<laughs> so they would be tied to a tub that was full of magnetic or like magnetized water. So these people would just be, so they would like sit around this tub uh-huh. and then he would like tie them with a rope or something to the tub, like connect them to the magnetized water. Okay. So it was like group therapy. Like it was like multiple people yes. tied around the tub. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Gotta get and them. So, you know, yeah. Gotta be efficient with it. <laughs> There's no time for one person for exactly. tub. <laughs> right um so they would sit around the, the tub they'd all be connected um and he would play so he they would they would light incense and mm-hmm. so incense would play not play burn burn yeah burn yes uh so it smelled really nice it was you know um and he would also play sounds from a glass harmonica which i'm gonna play a clip actually, of that, because it's pretty awful. I forgot to do this before. What's an harmonica? Oh, I thought you were just saying harmonica weird. No, it's an harmonica. Okay. okay. And I have the picture pulled up, and I guess, I guess, eh, we don't need to post a picture of this, but Liv, can you describe what it looks like? Yeah, so I was definitely um, expecting a harmonica, which I think it says here that, like, it can be called both, but this is very different. It looks not modern at all. Kind of looks um, like a centipede in a way. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like there's just a bunch of little glass pieces stacked on one another in a mm-hmm. row. Um, and they're all spinning. Yes. And that's what I have for us. Yes. And so now... Should, you should look it up. It's a bit hard to explain. Yes. But, but you did an excellent job explaining it. Thank you. Once you guys look it up, you'll you. understand. You'll get it, it, yeah. Yeah, you'll get it. It'll all come together. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to play the sound. You guys are going to be... Oop. Benjamin Franklin's awesome. Someone playing a set. Okay. Voila. Wow. So it sounds. Yeah, very, very high pitched. They look like creepy. It is creepy. Yeah, the idea was kind of the. um, Like, if you've seen videos of people. Like wine glass? Like wine glass. Ah. It's the same idea, except you have a bunch of glasses, like, lined up on top of each other. Um, yeah, so, yeah, okay, so it's, like, it's, like, if you have, like, a rim of, like, a glass, and you can kind of, like, play music by, like, mm-hmm. putting your finger on the, like, the edge yes. of it, exactly. which already sounds kind of creepy, yes. like, it's a high pitch. So, could you imagine walking into this room of incense? Yeah, and with a bunch of a tea- song of that yes. playing, yeah. Yes. Okay. Creepy. It gets worse. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm very intrigued by this. <laughs> So, Mesmer, when he would conduct these therapy ses- sessions, he would literally, quite literally, dress like a wizard. Mm. Full on. A hat and everything. I like, don't know what the hat, but I know what the wizards look like then. I but... saw reports of a wand. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. And a lavender robe. Ah. Yeah. Lavender. So, Mesmer took these therapy sessions quite seriously. Mm-hmm. Um... And so, the worst part about all of this is once the fluid started flowing, it would result in what they called a crisis. And so, what is a crisis, you ask? Sounds intense. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry, just to, like, sidetrack, I feel like... Since this was so long ago, all of these words seem like they just had very different meaning to yeah. how they do now, you uh-huh. know? Like, the fact that this was called therapy. Yeah. I'm interested. But it's funny because it, like, like, it, it but it is still exactly what it sounds like. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the same, like, creepy, weird yeah. vibes. Just different forms to it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what is a crisis? Yeah, a crisis. So, these would be screams. Convulses. Oh no. Hiccups. Crying and laughter. So these so So he would he would literally just flick his hand, like at his at the touch of his hand, Mm -hmm. at the flick of his wrist. These people would just immediately like have a crisis. Like hiccup laughing, crying. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that that so creepy? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I assume you'll get to this, but, like, clearly this wasn't really happening. Like, yes. I feel like it's, like, the power of, like, um, group. 
so you're definitely on to yeah. it and we're gonna talk about yes. it yes okay okay yes. don't want to spoil it but I'm always so interested in stuff like that because I'm like is this really happening? Yeah, like, no, and 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 the thing is, is that this, like you pointed out, this was so long ago, so people, like, they didn't have the same modern skepticism, so they were like, wow, this man's a genius. Oh, yeah, absolutely, he, yeah. He cured my depression, which they actually used to call melancholia. People would get oh. treated for melancholia. Um, Sad. <clears throat> Melancholy. So. Yeah. And so he, like, quickly rose to fame, like, very quickly. Um, in, I think, beginning in, like, Vienna, uh, which I guess is, like, Austria. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I forgot to write that down, where he was, where he originally rose to fame. But then, like you pointed out, some people were kind of like, all right, is this really... Is this really what it seems like, Mm -hmm. or is there something fishy going on? And so some scandals erupted, a couple of reports of some inappropriate touching. Oh. Yeah. It always has to turn like that. Why does it always have to? Um, So he ran away and Mm. went to Paris, started this whole shindig up again. Oh, wow. And He's bold. I know, right? No, this was his whole thing. He, yeah. he really thought he was onto something. Yeah. Um, and so Ms. Mayer quickly rose to fame again and actually started treating the likes of like Marie Antoinette and Mozart. Wow. Yeah. And wow. that's actually the beginning of his downfall because uh, King Louis didn't really like Ms. Mayer very much. Uh, he didn't like the fact that he was treating his wife. And again, there were these kind of creepy reports of some inappropriate touching. Um, sometimes he would do, like, private (laughs) healings with Mm. women. So you get the idea, like, he's kind of asking it, asking for it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so questions began forming about the legitimacy of Mesmer's practices. So the king ordered the French Academy of Sciences to investigate. Ooh. Very official, right? That does sound official. Yes. So a Having chemist, a doctor, and an astronomer, and actually good old Ben Franklin. <laughs> oh, he was yeah. in the mix too? Ben Franklin is involved in this story. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, he, so he also was a part of this, and they developed a series of tests to determine whether or not um, Ms. Mayer's practices were legitimate. Mm-hmm. And so... Ms. Mayer didn't actually show up <laughs> to any of these tests, but his assistant named Delson. <laughs> assistant, you said? Yeah, his name's Delson. Delson. That's Delson. God. <laughs> but his protege is what I wrote in my notes, because ah. I like big words. I'm just kidding. Uh, Delson showed up, and which was also kind of like a genius move on Ms. Mayer's part, because if like, the thing was disproven, then he could be like, oh, it was just because it was my assistant. It wasn't actually me. It was all Delson. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then, um, but then if it did work, you could be like, oh, it's because I trained him. Yes. It was yeah. my it idea. Could, very smart. It could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea was, so the investigators, the experimenters, they were saying, the idea is, is that if animal magnetism is efficient, then it's going to be efficient in all environments. So without the creepy ass music, without the weird wizard costume, without the weird, you harmonica. know, har- harmonica, screechy sounds, um, yeah. And it is important to note that the investigators, I should stop saying investigators, the experimenters, were operating under the assumption that mesmerism is a result of the imagination. So they were designing their experiment to sort of prove that fact. Yes, yeah. Um, So it's important to say because the group setting itself also has its own implications, but... Because obviously people were having a reaction towards it, but they Mm -hmm. were just trying to disprove it as a means of like, medical treatment. Um, And so what they did is, first they were like, okay, can we mesmerize people without them knowing? Which raises some consent issues, in my opinion. A few red flags. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But what they did is they, like, had some girl come over. They were like, yeah, can you come over and do the laundry? And she was like, sure. And they, like, hung a curtain, and so then the they had Delson behind the curtain, and he was, like, magnetizing her while she did the laundry. Um, that is such a funny way to get around, though. Yeah. I feel like, God, that's so... Or something a, weird like that. Yeah, that's very funny, though. Mm-hmm. 
uh, gives me like Wizard of Oz vibes. It really does. The fact she was like, um, what's going on? Yeah, that? but anyways, she did not get mesmerized. She did not get magnetized. She did not have a crisis. Probably just didn't work through the sheet. Yeah, that's my belief. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably what Dalton was saying. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> then they were like, okay, all right. So maybe that didn't work. Maybe it was because of the sheet. Right. Yeah. Um. So, how about this? How about we mesmerize a tree, or we magnetize a tree, and mm-hmm. we tell a subject to identify which tree was magnetized? Okay. So, do you think the subject was able to identify the tree? Likely not. No. Without <laughs> <was> going. <laughs> nope, definitely not. Yeah, that's uh, weird they used a tree, though, because mm-hmm. I didn't know that this could even happen on uh, yeah, non-humans. Yeah, I mean, but... it was kind of hard for me to find, like, the actual things that they tested. Yeah. Uh, especially because I think they were, like, actually published in French, but... So the translation was difficult, yeah. Yeah. But, I but mean, I was... it, it doesn't seem mm-hmm. far off. Yeah. They probably were honestly, like... Okay, like, let's try everything to see yeah. if anything works. Yeah. And they even tried to magnetize Ben Franklin himself. And Ben Franklin did not get magnetized. He did not have a crisis. I wonder why he was there. It just really seems like they found, like, the <laughs> well, <laughs> fantastic so four. This actually has kind of an actual answer. So, Benjamin Franklin, he's, like, a famous American scientist. Mm-hmm. We know him from... He He didn't invent electricity, but he... He was one of the first to, like... He has a hand like, in electricity. Make, yeah. um, anyways, during, like, the American Revolution and whatnot, the American rebels, I guess, mm-hmm. they really needed funding, and so they sent Ben as a diplomat to France to try to get soldiers and funding for the United States. So that's why he was in France. Okay. So he was in France hanging out with the French government trying to get funding for the war in the United States against Great Britain. Okay. During, like, the Revolutionary Era. Interesting. Um, And then he was pulled into this somehow. Then somehow he ended up discovering the placebo, (laughs) which we'll get to. Interesting. Um, God. I know, I know. I'm so glad I watched this video. It's a Vox video. Vox has such good videos. They pique my curiosity every time. Yeah, I'll probably. Um, I need to watch it after this, obviously. Yeah, but I digress. This they also kind of take this in a little bit different of a direction than I'm going to take it. Um, cool. So I would encourage Putting you guys spin to on it. Yeah. check out kind of a different. Pers- so another thing that they wanted to know is if they could convince people they were being mesmerized or magnetized when they weren't being magnetized. So they took a bunch of people, they blindfolded them, and they were like, yeah, there's a mesmerizer in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there wasn't a mesmerizer in the room. And they were like, you're being mes- like magnetized right now. And then they would have a crisis, but there was like nobody in the room. Interesting. Yeah. So what does this all mean? Well, obviously... Animal magnetism, the idea that you could magnetize a person to heal them, um, was disproven. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, from this study, Ms. Mayer was exposed as a fraud. Um, but, like I said, the group setting itself actually had significant uh, implications because it led to the actual and legitimate uh, practice of hypnotism. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ms. Mayer was kind of onto something. He was he was off, <laughs> but he was definitely onto something. Um, and the study done by the French Academy also had some important implications. For example, they discovered the importance of the placebo effect, which is a very commonly used thing in scientific studies, mm-hmm. which is what we're going to talk about today, science. Ah, Yay! Very nice transition. Thank you. Uh, I planned that out in my head. Yeah, great job. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, excited. I always, um, you know, I'm not much of a science girl myself, but whenever um, it's a placebo study, I am very interested. Yeah. So overall, like the, pl- the placebo thing, um, they did a, they, I mean, the study was good. It wasn't, like, the perfect picture of a good scientific study. Yeah, it was early um, on. But I did just... It, it's a fun story about how, like, good experimental design can disprove certain things mm-hmm. and can lead to discoveries. Um, 
And it's also kind of a good reminder, too, that just because, like, we're completely discrediting something doesn't mean that there, it doesn't have other implications as well. Uh, but, yeah. So, Ms. Mayor was... Sorry. So, the story is entertaining, but it also has some, like, just really good points. And the main one is hypnotism. Like, oh, cool, hypnotism happened. But the other is good science. And so I just wanted to ask you, as a non-science person, like, what do you think good science is? Like, when you think of a good science... Yeah, so um, I remember um, we have a professor at Texas State that we've both taken um, named Davenport. That's her last name. She's very, very cool and hip. And Mm -hmm. she... I think so. I I think I did like a I did biology with her. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. It wasn't. It was like intro biology. Obviously, I didn't take that many science classes, um, but I'm pretty sure that was like one of the first weeks. Was like what good science is. Yeah. Um, and so I guess from what I remember, it's obviously like testing something multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, because to like prove or disprove it. Yeah. Um, having. Um, a good population, meaning, like, taking um, people of, like, all different ages mm-hmm. and genders and yes. putting them all into a study so that it's yes. just, it really is just making the study very, like, representative of, like, um, mm-hmm. a, a whole population, you know? Yeah. No bias. That's, exactly. That's the big part of it. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's, you sum that up perfectly. Um, and Having things like a good experimental design and having things like a big population size, mm-hmm. they reduce um, error. Or whatever. Like they reduce error, and it's it follows the scientific method. Oh yeah, the scientific method. The scientific yes, method. Yes. And oh, I guess I should probably say because I haven't really said I. So I'm a chemistry major, and I also have a minor in biology. So I've been doing this for a little Quite bit. Quite some time. <laughs> this is her thing. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm not like an expert, but I mean, I think I know more than your average person just because it is yeah. my major. And you're passionate um, about it. Yeah, so and, and I, I'm really passionate about it. It's something that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important. I think science is so important and we're very much seeing uh, the consequences of Poor science uh-huh. and poor science education playing out right now. So, do you remember anything about the scientific method? Um, it's it's like the hypothesis and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's I, okay. I'm kind of picking on Olivia, but no, it's okay. This is, <laughs> it, it, it helps me be involved in this because really, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm like just like <laughs> staring up at her, like being like, oh, this is so interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't remember the exact proponents, but I know that like. You have to start with a hypothesis, of mm-hmm. course, which is the, um, like, I, I don't know how to, like, make it for something random, but basically, yeah. like, will this group be hypnotized by... The, yeah. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a question. Yes. Um, and then, um, I don't really know. I know there's experiment and then... Yeah. Um, and then it's just, like, your data. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, the most important thing is, I guess, like, your question mm-hmm. first, because you... Your hypothesis is, like, okay, what I think is going to happen. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. And then your question is, like, I want to know more about this. Gotcha. Um, so, for example, in our study that we just talked about, um, the whole Mesmer thing, their mm-hmm. question was... Is Mesmer's study legitimate? And of right. course, their hypothesis was no. And I, I actually teach like like labs and stuff, so this is something we talk about a lot. Is like the formation of a hypothesis too. Mm-hmm. Is they need to be in an if then statement. So oh, it's yeah, kind right. of saying like, if we eliminate the other environmental distractors, then animal magnetism. Then like the people will not be magnetized. Yes. Uh, so and then you do your experiment, mm-hmm. um, which has its own components. Uh, and good experimental in- design is very important, also, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Um, and then is collecting your data and concluding, making an accurate conclusion from your data. Mm -hmm. And then I would also say the last step would be to effectively communicate those conclusions. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the scientific method has been around for so long, since at least the 17th century. And just hearing the steps 
themselves doesn't really effectively communicate what good science means. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hear, oh, you need a hypothesis, you need a question, you need an experiment, like, that doesn't really explain what science is. Um, and I also think that some of the ways that science is portrayed in pop culture also portrays a inaccurate view yeah. of what science is. Mm-hmm. I hate it when I see in TV shows when people do like a science fair project and it's a stupid volcano. Oh, I'm a, like, that is not... something erupting. That is not an... That is not a science exper- a science experiment. A science experiment is is you test something. <laughs> yeah, they're just making it like bubble and blow yes, up. Yes, that's so funny. That really is in every show. <laughs> it really is, and it drives me nuts every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that highlights just a greater issue overall is that there is a lack of understanding about what science is and there's a lack of education about science in our in our society mm-hmm. um and so society blah, blah, blah. so science meets the public at the final stages of the scientific method yes so this is when you have gathered all of your data and when you've analyzed your data and you've drawn a conclusion about your data then that's when you get to tell the public and then that's when the public um makes an inference about what your data is Mm -hmm. um and then they make decisions on it and so both the public and scientists play a role here uh but since i am like a scientist in training i guess i'm kind of going to speak as a scientist communicating to the public about things that I want you to know about you guys. So just keep that in mind. Um, And this all plays into a bigger role of scientific literacy. And this is something that I hear my professors talk about like all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, When they talk about communicating with the public, we almost always talk about scientific. So again, I just want to ask like, what do you think scientific literacy is? I mean, I'm guessing it's just how, like, people can understand science. I have a literacy is if you can, like, read or write. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, if you can read or write or, like, understand, like, scientific practices. Yes. Yeah. So the the definition of science literacy does matter here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what what I saw is that it's not necessarily about the content, Mm -hmm. but rather the ability to think in a scientific manner. That makes sense, yeah. Can you ask questions? Can you make observations? Mm -hmm. And can you draw conclusions from the observations that you're making? Um, And, sorry, that was my computer. And so that has more to do with scientific literacy than, do you know that mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell? Yes, that makes sense. Because you know what? At the end of the day, science, like, your professor may have quizzed you over, like, the components of the cell and whatnot, but that's not what truly matters. What truly matters is the ability to draw a conclusion from that Mm -hmm. and to take it into a bigger context. Um, And that, I think, is a responsibility of, like, science educators. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. It goes with this, too, but it's kind of, like, um, like, science literacy is also kind of, like, science, like, language. Mm -hmm. Like, it'd be, like, do you understand the language and can you use it when you're trying to learn more? Yes. Like, that kind of thing. And so there are issues with it. There's issues between the way the scientific community speaks and the way that the public interprets the way the scientific community speaks. Mm -hmm. And I'll discuss that a little bit in a second. Um, And so I, I read this article on NPR and it said that the issues with science, it's not just about how science literate we are. Um... Most people can draw conclusions from data. Mm -hmm. It's the beliefs that we hold in conjunction with our other beliefs that affect how we view controversial science topics. Um, That being said, though, there, there are many issues with scientific literacy that promote misconceptions about science. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for example... Evolution. 
Mm-hmm. Climate change. Masks. Got it, yeah. Vaccines. Mm-hmm. All things that people have questions about, that people are unsure about. And I can understand why. Like, do you, I mean, do you see any issues with, like, like, why people might have trouble trusting these things? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There's definitely an issue because, yeah, I guess, like, people can... I guess it's hard, too, because these things, like, there isn't, like, enough information yet. Like, I feel like it's always Mm kind of, like, we're working on it, you know? And people, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, like, aren't comfortable with, like, believing something if they don't have, like, the facts, you know? But that's not what science is about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always heard from professors that science, like, you can make your conclusions and things, but, like, it's a continual process. Yes. So... That's what I think people mm-hmm. find trouble believing. And yeah. so that was excellent. You guys, it <laughs> works out perfectly because I don't tell Olivia about what we're going to go over, except she literally, like, you set up my segue perfectly. Thank God. you very much. So I'm actually going to talk about that. So science is constantly evolving, and to address that, we're going to talk about something called the Raven Paradox, Oh, which is another fun video that I watched. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, and I initially watched this video... This is going to be, I think this might be a little difficult to comprehend because when I first heard it, it was hard for me to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be, we'll, hopefully we'll make, we'll make this make sense. Um, so the whole thing with the raven paradox goes, if I, see, if I go outside and I see a raven and that raven is black, I can make a hypothesis that all ravens are black. Mm-hmm. Right, based off an observation I saw, I'm making a hypothesis that all ravens are black. So the statement "all ravens are black" implies that if an object is a raven, then that object is black. Did that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I I remember doing things like this in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I I actually never did anything like this in school, but I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's like under logic. Is it statistics or is yeah? It's kind of mathy. In some class, I did stuff like mm-hmm. this. Yeah, I think it was my stats yeah. class. Yeah. Um. So if an object is, and then it also goes vice versa. So if an object is black, mm-hmm. <laughs> then that object is a raven. Yeah. And that's where it doesn't make sense, right? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it goes further because also if an object isn't black, then that object is not a raven. Mm-hmm. Isn't black is not a raven. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Uh-huh. So clearly there's some issues here yeah. with that logic, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I guess... Oh. My dog started barking at her random. <laughs> Sometimes she does that. It's so. So the next step in this process would be to experiment, and the way you would do that is, um, you would observe a bunch of ravens and see if they're black, right? Um. So, and if they are all black, then we come to a conclusion that all ravens are black, again, which becomes a natural law. So, however. We do know that sometimes ravens are white. Ravens can be albino, actually. Mm, um, interesting. I would encourage you to not look up a picture. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of scary looking. Uh, but, yeah, the, very, very rarely ravens can be white. So this natural law wouldn't hold true in all the cases, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, even if the experimenter really did go out and look at all of these ravens, and see if all these ravens were black. Uh-huh. Additionally, if a researcher went outside and happened to only see a white raven, they might think that all ravens are white. Right, yeah. So, it's all relative, mm-hmm. right? And this is the issue with science. And I think this is the issue with the evolution and the climate change yeah, with and the mass, like trusting it, because mm-hmm. yeah. because it's a broad. I don't want to say it's it's not a generalization, but it's something that has kind of consistently changed. It's ever evolving, like Olivia said, mm-hmm. and so it brings these questions, like why should we trust this? Like, is this really true? Is it's just going to change tomorrow, anyways? Right. Um, and that's it. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. And the idea is, is that you never really know. And you can only come to a conclusion from the available evidence at the time. Mm-hmm. 
But science accounts for this. That's the thing, is that the scientific method takes this into account. Mm -hmm. And the Raven Paradox is a good thing because it keeps scientists asking questions and it avoids scientists being able to make generalizations. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, for example... The scientific method does not convey the amount of skepticism and scrutiny that scientists must have. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, repeatability, I wrote in my notes, repeatability equals... And they tell us when you're writing your procedure, somebody better be able to look at that procedure and be able to do exactly what you did. Uh Like, down to the equipment that you used, to the year that that equipment was the equipment was developed, the brand that you used, all of that stuff matters so much. And the reason is, is because if you can't, sometimes you can get weird results. Sometimes mm-hmm. an experiment can get weird results. For example, the la- example of the lab that I was teaching on Thursday last week, it's a physiology lab, so we were exploring things that like, we already know like commonly known facts, Mm -hmm. and our results weren't getting what we were expecting, right? Um, In fact, they were showing the exact opposite of what we knew to be true. Right. And so that can happen, even in, like, the big world, and not even not in a teaching lab. Um, And so that's why it's important to be able to repeat experiments, Uh because then other researchers are able to go in and change that. Right. Um, and to show how that actually, like, affects our actual lives, um, do you remember the whole vaccines cause autism? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The non- non-vaxxers, mm-hmm. all of the mom's Facebook group yep. and all that. Yeah. So this dude, this study was replicated many, many times, and each time it was found to not be accurate. Uh-huh. Um, and the guy lost his license, his medical license, as oh, a yeah. result. Yeah, of the one who the published study. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Because it was bad science. I forgot he, about that. Yeah. Uh, and I think the main reason was is he didn't have enough participants. He only had something like twenty participants, which is ridiculous. Like, that is. You need a so large. Ridiculous. Yeah. You need a large data set, man. Yeah. Come on. That's insane. <laughs> um. But yeah, so this also kind of brings up a good point. I want to go back to the whole idea of natural laws. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about what scientific theories are. Because um, the scientific method ultimately results in, in natural laws and scientific theories. Mm-hmm. So a natural law is an accepted rule based off of an observation. Gotcha. So it's, it's like a description like, all ravens are black. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the most common natural law would be, like, the they can be, like, equations. Like, the mm-hmm. equation for gravity. I was going to say gravity. Yeah, yeah. That's the one that we always uh-huh. talk about in school. Um, there's also, like, the law of con- conservation of mass and mm-hmm. whatnot. Like, and and for, for the record, as somebody who, like, has to do, use these equations all day, like, to do practical chemistry research, like, these are well-founded well backed up. Oh, absolutely. They're not questioned at this yes. point. Yeah. Um, a scientific theory is an explanation for the natural law. Okay. They are testable and they are proven. Mm-hmm. The reason they are called scientific theories and not scientific facts mm-hmm. is because of the Raven Paradox. Because there's gotcha. always new data. There's yeah. always new... There's... You can never know for sure. That is a fact, yeah. That is a fact. And that's an important science principle that people don't realize. And that's something that people teach. That's something that we're taught in our science labs. Mm -hmm. Um, And for example, uh, the natural law would be the Earth goes around the sun. And then the scientific theory would be the Earth goes around the sun because gravity holds it there. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and so some examples of some common scientific theories are gravity, atoms, tectonic plates, cells. Um, and some other ones are evolution, the Big Bang, and climate change, which are commonly reduced to just theories. But it's important to remember that gravity is a theory as well. Like, they're in the they're, same yeah, they're on category. The same playing field, yeah. Um, 
And it's an important point about the disconnect between the public and the scientific community. And that's mm-hmm. what I was talking about, the different languages. So another thing that we talk about in science is like the connotative versus the denotative meaning mm-hmm. of a word. And so connotative is like how you perceive a word. Um, and then denotative is the dictionary definition of a word. So for example, in this case, a theory, the connotative definition of a scientific theory is a testable proven thing, but the but the connotative perception of the word theory is something that is like a conspiracy theory. Right. They're yeah. likened to the same mm-hmm. to the same level. Yeah. Um, and so that just creates issues because then it gives it opens the air for argument about evolution and yeah. um, controversial science topics because mm-hmm. then they get to say, oh, well, it is because it's just a theory when in fact you're you don't understand what it means. Yeah. I, it, like, I mean, conspiracy theories obviously have, like, been around for a very long time, too, but I wonder, like, I mean, science, I, I don't know whenever, like, conspiracy theories first came around, but I bet scientists were, like, shit, like, that does yeah. not make, like, the sci- like their mm-hmm. scientific theories sound great, you know? Exactly. Just because they use the same word doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that they, like have the same um, evidence and mm-hmm. research done behind and, them. And... and there's a duty for scientists to and science educators to communicate this yes, yes. to the public. I do think that there is that duty. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, that involves... <laughs> that involves a lot. Um, and But, but this, this stuff is so important. Like, science is so important... Um, I want, there, there was, I watched so many videos on YouTube. Seriously, go watch Vox. Your life will be, like, transformed. Um, I've seen a few, but I need to watch more. I yeah, definitely need to watch this they one do, that we talked about at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I'm super interested. it was really good. Um, but there's another thing. It's called the Doomsday Clock, <laughs> which is quite literally a clock that, it's, it's more of a representation for how close humanity is to killing itself off. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are currently 100 seconds away from midnight, midnight being the end of the world. Okay. Yeah. 100 seconds. 100 seconds. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't actually mean, like, 100 literal seconds. It yes. just It's just kind of, like, it's, it's like a metric for the amount of danger that we're in. Does that sort of make sense? Like, oh. on a scale of 1 to 10. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a yeah, scale yeah. of 1 to 10, we're 100 seconds, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, this is based off of, like, science? Or not, okay. It's not based off science, but, like... So, it's, so actually, the yeah. Bulletin of Atomic Scientists are the ones that meet each year to decide how close humanity is to killing itself off. Oh, wow. And they're the ones that set the clock. So the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists, that's that's who decides every year wow. how close we are to Do you know where we end. are typically? Like, 100 just... I, I, well, like, they do it I every really gauge year. It. Yeah. Um, Has it been better in the past? It Yeah. Uh, they've, like, moved it. There was, like, one time where they moved it, like, one second before midnight, and, like, a bunch of people freaked out. Yeah, that does, that does seem scary, though. Yeah. Pretty spooky. That's wild. Uh, but it was because, like, the... I think it was... Ow. My dog just hit me in the face. Uh, I think it was because they had just developed, like, nuclear weapons. It was, like, the beginning of the Cold War or something like that. And they, they consider a number of different factors in deciding how close we are to killing ourselves. It's all quite That's very interesting. And I didn't wonderful. know that was a thing. <laughs> I know. I didn't either. It was... That's very fascinating. Scary to find out, but that's okay. Um, So yeah, back in 2018, there were two factors that they used to, or like not two factors entirely, but like two main factors. Um, And that was distrust in science and the growing careless rhetoric of world leaders. So obviously this episode isn't about the rhetoric of world leaders. We'll get into that probably later. Um, but this is about the distrust in science. And so I think it's very interesting and very telling. I mean, it is. I mean, those two are the biggest things people argue about, I would say, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. It's, 
very fascinating, very terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also shows how important it is. Yeah. And, yeah. So, what can we do to fix these problems? (laughs) Uh, Which is the main idea of our podcast, right? All right, we had to take a little bit of a hiatus for a second. My dog started freaking out. Um, But what we can do to fix these problems? It was a good little break, I guess. I can still hear her complaining because I won't let her outside of my room, but that's okay. We're (laughs) almost done. She'll eat the cat in the other room. Yeah, she will. (laughs) Uh, She does not like other animals. It's okay. I digress. Uh, So what can we do to fix these problems? First one is get educated, right? Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the basis for everything. You hear it all the time. Yeah. But... I, I mean, it's so easy. All you have to do is just watch a couple of yeah. YouTube videos. It's the best way um, to form an opinion and, yeah. you know, yeah. get excited about watch it. Watch some Bill Nye, maybe. Yeah. We love Bill Nye. Back to the roots. TikTok is a good option as well. TikTok does. I'm sure. I haven't actually been on, like, their science-y sides, but I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah. yeah. I've been on their science-y sides. It's, it's nice. It's a wonderful world. TikTok's super good for every mm-hmm. topic and every hobby. Yes. Not, um, not a promo, oh. though. <laughs> We're not paid by them. Sorry if my dog keeps making noise. I don't know what to do to make her stop. Do you want a treat? It's okay. I knocked Olivia's nice pickle over. Noise. It's okay. I really couldn't eat it during this or else it'd be too loud. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Okay, so I actually found a couple of really good ab- uh, websites. Very the first nice. one is Society for Science. Oh, interesting. Yes. Go visit them at societyforscience.org. And their whole thing is they advocate for science literacy and science education. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a great organization, especially if you're a teacher. They give money to uh, basically mentor students. So if you're a science teacher, um, they'll give you money, go to a training seminar, you can sign up to be a part of that, you can donate to their website, or you can even get directly involved by judging little kids' science fair projects, which just sounds absolutely adorable. That is cute. Um, a volunteer at the science fairs, you don't necessarily have to be a judge, and more... I don't really know how that's going with the whole COVID situation right um, but obviously the vaccines are around the corner so hopefully we'll be able yeah. to get this whole I feel like everything we're saying we're soon. just like hoping for the, the yeah. future seeming near you but know? but there's still things you can do oh for um, sure like getting educated mm-hmm. you can do that yeah. alone <laughs> and also reaching out to your legislators believe mm-hmm. it or not um so this other website science like for, um, tell, telling them like you want the like education budget. system. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So this this other website, science.mit.edu, has a list of websites. Obviously, we'll yeah. post the link, um, and that's a way to reach out to legislators about the science budget. Um, they'll email nice. you twice a year. Oh, there's another. There's a. I think. Oh man, I messed up. It was it was like a sublink on this page. Um, and they email you twice a year, and it gives you some information about how to talk to your legislators about science and, like, increasing the science budget. So, um, obviously, we'll be posting links to that, so definitely go check that out. Um, also, the American Association for the Advancement of Science, uh, they're an even better website, and I like their whole thing. Uh... I'm going onto their webpage right now, actually. And so their whole thing, again, is just shaping science policy, uh, getting involved in legislation, uh, kind of facilitating communication between the scientific community and the public. Um, That's important, too, because... um I feel like it can be difficult because they are on such different levels yeah. of communicating, mm-hmm. and I think it can be difficult for someone that smart to actually, like, dumb it down for the public. Yeah. So, yeah, I can imagine mm-hmm. that's, like, a, a big thing that makes it hard. Yeah, and it's one of the biggest problems in the scientific community. Yeah. And I will tell you, as somebody who has to read scientific papers for my school and whatnot... Mm-hmm. I have been doing this for, I've been, I guess I've been, I'm senior now. So I've been doing this for four years. 
And I still have not picked up a single scientific paper where I've been able to understand at least one sentence without having to read it, like, 20 times. Yeah. I can imagine. It's just such a... They're all such abstract... Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's so diff- I mean, it gets easier, yes. and you kind of start to figure things out a little bit, but it's hard. Like, you cannot expect somebody to understand. Like, your yeah. average, if you can't expect your a senior level, whatever, chemistry student to understand your scientific paper, like, good luck getting the public to understand yeah. that. Cause very true. Yeah, we know how the public is in this country. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. The public is smart. Science... Everyone is, I think everyone's capable of science, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think there's just some misconceptions about, mm-hmm. first of all, how difficult it is, and also just, I think that oh, the way it has been taught has been poor. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So definitely go check out the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Um, they have a bunch of programs that look really interesting. Um that you can actually join. They have training sessions. They have ways, they have events that you can be a part of. Um, They have all sorts of actual, like, resources to become more involved in uh, understanding science. They have a little take action toolkit on their page. We're looking at it right now. Oh, we are. Lifetime. Um, Communication toolkit, be an effective communicator. mm Cool. Yeah, and so... Engaging op Yeah, so, so cool. there's, a, there's a little thing on, like, how to write a letter to your, uh, your, your, uh, editor yeah. again. Oh, this is cool. This one is work with faith communities. So be a part of the important dialogue about the interaction of science, ethics, and religion to connect with the public or policymakers. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Because usually they're just kept completely separate. Yeah. Because... They're not even going to try mm-hmm. to communicate with one another, so. And I, my, this is something that I have a very, that's something I find very interesting because I actually grew up in a church, mm-hmm. um, so church was a big part of my life growing up, but also so was science, <laughs> and I have the pictures of me with a microscope in eighth grade to prove it, uh, but the, and I always struggled because I felt like the two, th- like, I felt like they could coexist, mm-hmm. but I felt like my church was telling me they couldn't coexist. Yeah. And I felt like science was also kind of telling me the same thing. Yeah, it's very conflicting um, for you. Yeah. Especially at a young age. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, we just all like each other? <laughs> that's, that's a whole other... Yeah. <laughs> whole other thing to get into. Uh, but, yeah, they, I mean, definitely go check out this website. They have so many resources to take action. Uh, they're just a couple of clicks of the button. All you have to do yeah. is... And it, it seems like it's absolutely, like, all honestly, all these websites that Emma finds are completely, like, they're not going to give you a bunch of information and, like, make you do it yourself. Like, it really does seem like they're very much, like, yeah. writing you scripts uh-huh. to talk to, you know. They um, do it for you. Government. They really do it for you, yeah. Uh-huh. So these are very, very user-friendly because it can be overwhelming are. to read all of mm-hmm. that info. And so I just want to end this by saying that, like, science benefits everyone, I mean, if you think about it, our the, our lives are changing. Science is evolving every day. Um, if, you, if you look at technology from 20 years ago compared to now, mm-hmm. that's science. Right. Cars are science. Our climate is changing. We're going to have to start figuring that out. Um, there's a lot of jobs in science. And, I mean, even, I think about it, like the Rona vaccine, that's that's science too. Like it's all very important, and it Majorly all affects science. our lives. And that was insane. Like that was mm-hmm. sped up science because yeah. typically, like, um, you know, coming up with a vaccine this important doesn't happen mm-hmm. so quickly. So I honestly am not even sure how they were able to do that so fast. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. So I get the impression. I kind of want to talk about it because there is a lot of, and I was skeptical too, as somebody who is who understands this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. because it did seem suspiciously fast. Mm -hmm. But I will say that the template that they used for the Rona vaccine is very similar to a lot of other vaccines that they use. So it was basically like, it's the same formula, I guess. They just did it with Corona instead of... Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, these people know what they're doing. So 
take your vaccine if you have the opportunity please to get do it a if vaccine. You have the please do. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I I also want to end on a personal note because science, like, just I feel like it has benefited my life in so many different ways, and I feel like it empowers people. Uh, when you have like problem solving skills and like are able to think through things and solve puzzles like that's rewarding and that's good for kids and it also helps people ask questions and to stay skeptical and to think for themselves I think it has a lot more benefits other than just it improves our society like Mm -hmm. it can affect you on a personal level yeah definitely very empowering yeah so yeah Thank you guys for listening to me rant about science. Yeah, no, Thanks, Emma's Olivia. expertise. This is very fun for me as well. Like, love hearing Emma on her, you know, oh, thank on you. her grind. Thank y'all. Yeah, it was a little rough trying to get this one done to <laughs> done this week. I was like, this morning, I was like taking notes. Was, yeah, ah! no, it's tough, but I think it was a great segue from thank the you. storytelling to I, where we are now. Yeah, I was thinking of maybe trying to do that.